guided me. Because I went to this quote, I'm not taking political sides here, okay? Just because I might quote a Democrat or I might quote a Republican means nothing in the carnal experience, okay? So anyway, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, because, you know, Jesus said, fear not, only believe, right? Amen. Well, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, in his first inaugural address, when he became president in, 19, in his first inaugural address in 1933, he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But you see, fear of any sort has no place in the believer's heart has no place in your spirit, in my spirit. It has no place in our existence. So, see, that's the only part that anybody ever quotes, is that part. And it does agree with the word, so it's okay that I use it in the pulpit. But at that time, when he spoke those words, the depression, the depression had reached its depth. And he was looking for a way to comfort people, to encourage people, to strengthen people. And he needed to remind them, maybe, I don't know if he was thinking of it as a spiritual truth, but it was a spiritual truth. And so the nation was going through, you know, these common difficulties. And he reminded the nation that the same American spirit that caused the nation's forefathers to be victors would be at work in them now. Now, that's an American spirit. You see, but we have the spirit of our Father. We have the Holy Spirit. Okay? So I want to read what that entire quote actually said. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. This is what fear is. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts. Needed efforts to convert, retreat into advance. Isn't that an amazing statement? It's an amazing spiritual truth. Because fear causes retreat from the blessing of God. Fear causes retreat from the fullness of God. We are the fullness of God in Christ. Christ has become our fullness. We are inheritors of every spiritual blessing in Christ. I will not retreat from that platform. I will not retreat from that platform regardless of what is going on around me. Regardless of viruses, regardless of closings, regardless of things that might go on in one's family, regardless of the symptoms that might come upon in terms of one's health or one's finances I will not retreat 
from the truth of the promises of the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, we have a job to advance. Even in the midst of fear that might be around you, this is your time to shine. This is your time to be an example. This is your time to be a stronghold that people can run into because you are at peace. Because you are strong and very courageous. And they see a light coming out of you. The kingdom of God advancing. And that's what we are. That's what we are. That's what we're going to do. So in the midst of this pandemic mindset, it's a mindset. What did we talk about last week? It's the things we meditate, the things that we speak out of our mouths, and then the action that we take. In the midst of a pandemic mindset where fear is all around, you see, you will be the beacon of light, of stability, of peace. We will not adopt a fear mentality. We will not close our doors. This is the best place for people to come, in my humble opinion. <laughs> So how do we turn this retreat mentality? How do we have an advancement mentality no matter what's going on around us? You see, we adopt faith instead of adopting fear. We adopt faith instead of adopting fear because we understand the goodness and the mercy and the love of God. And this applies to every situation in your lives. This is a time, saints, where you put, I put, we put our faith into action. Into action. Scripture tells us in Luke 21, 26, people will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. Does that sound like the situation, not the believers here at RCC, but does it sound like the situation in the world. And you see what causes it? They will faint in terror, apprehensive. It's just apprehension. It's just fear. You see, we're not going to agree with Satan. Satan loves a fear pandemic. Loves it. Just loves it. But beloved, you be the barricade. You be the wall. You be, set. You, you be the person. You be the thing. You be the banner. You be the wall that says, uh-uh, no further, not here, not on my territory. I walk on holy ground because the Holy Spirit, revelatory word within me, the one who is mightier, I walk on holy ground. Now, if you want to come and join me on this holy ground, that's awesome. 
But no devil, no defeat, no fear is coming any further. Because when you step on this holy ground, it's just going to consume. It will consume every darkness. Every darkness. Now you just go ahead and think about anything in your life and apply it to that. Anything. Any darkness. Hallelujah. The NLT. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. But what, what's the scripture say? We're not moved by what we see, are we? Does it move me? Does it move me? KJV, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking. Where are you looking? Where are you looking? If you're watching the media, you, that's a problem. It's a problem. Big problem. Get rid of it. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking toward those things which are coming on the earth. Just because it's come on the earth, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. I walk untouched by trouble. You can have it, world. Have your trouble. Talk about it. You know, if you're talking fear, if you're talking virus, you're siding with the enemy. Of course, I know nobody here would do that. Because you know too much of the word. You're too mature in the word. You listen to the Holy Spirit. And you're not going to give the devil entrance into your lives that way. People's heart faint or ascend, depending upon that which they meditate. They faint or ascend, depending on what they think about, then what they speak. Because what you speak gets into your spirit, and it causes you to act. And incorrect thinking will cause you to act. Not you, not the people at RCC. Incorrect thinking causes one to act incorrectly upon, you know, according to the word. Anti the word. Correct thinking brings us in line with the word and then we act according to the word. So we're going to speak the word. We're going to speak faith, not fear. And you're going to plant faith in your spirit. Second Corinthians 4, 18. Do not look upon the seen, but the unseen. For the seen is temporal, but the unseen is eternal. That's where God dwells. The eternal. It is for us in this world. You know, the scripture says that people perish for a lack of vision. Proverbs 29, 18. A lack of seeing God's vision. God's vision. God's vision. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, 
the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, that's the word, that's the living Jesus, the covenant of love. Those that keep the law, the word, New Testament, New Testament, happy is he. Happy is he. Aren't you happy when you're not touched by trouble? <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. The NIV there says, where there is no revelation, revelation, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's a, the knowledge of the word. The knowledge of the living Jesus. The knowledge of what, le what Jesus has done for you. The knowledge of what the blood has already accomplished for you. The knowledge of the covenant of God in our lives. Thou hast rejected knowledge of the word. That would be the promises of God. I will reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will forget thy children. You know, when we don't walk in the word, it affects a lot in our lives. And we don't want that. We want to stay true to the word. We want to seek God. So lack of vision, lack of vision, what that really means is God's revelatory word. It's not your carnal vision like that's preached. It's God's revelatory word. Now, when you walk in God's revelatory word, he will give you vision, right? So these scripture, they talk about what happens when we ignore God's word. When we don't take the word, when we don't stand in faith, when we don't believe him. He's good, he's true. And when we stand on the word, we get the word into our hearts. We are not moved by the fear that's around us. We can laugh at that. We don't take on the carnal responses of death. Right? We don't take on those carnal responses. We have an armor. We have an armor. We experience God's victory when we stand on the revelatory word, when we, when we meditate on it, when we... When we when we read the word, when we get it in our hearts, and then we put it into action. We live in a death-filled, carnal world, but we are not of it. We are not of it. This is nothing new. This has been gone on ad infinitum for years and years, forever, for eternity. Satan works and wants you to be afraid. This is no new thing. But we respond in faith. God has given us his great and precious promises. He has given us his great and precious promises. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And they are his word covenant to us. They are his word covenant to us, and his word never fails. It never fails. 2 Peter 1.4. Actually, I'm going to back up a little bit. It says, through our knowledge of him who called us 
by his own glory. He called you by his own glory and goodness. Through these, through his glory and goodness unto you, unto me, he has given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them, his promises unto you, you may participate in the divine nature. If you are participating in the divine nature, do you have to be concerned about carnal activities in the world? No. Because he has given you promises that allow you to participate in his divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world. There's corruption in the world. It's not like you're... If there weren't corruption in the world, you wouldn't need Jesus. Right? But you have escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. He has given us a way of escape. We establish ourselves in the promises of God. We establish ourselves. You make the choice to establish yourself. It's your choice, my choice, where I choose to be established. And it makes all the difference. All the difference. He tells us he's a covenant-keeping God and he will never alter his covenant of love. Psalm 89, 34, I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. His mercies are new every morning and his loving kindness never fails, ever. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies we're going to talk about mercy later. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. We are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Don't ever think that you have outrun God's mercy. His mercy upon you is new every morning. Every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. When we set our hope in him, fear flees. It has no place. It can't exist. Hope and fear don't exist in the same plane. I set my hope in my Lord, my Father, my Protector, my Redeemer. Hallelujah. He is good and his mercies never fail. What the enemy means for evil, God turns for good. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. To advance 
the kingdom of God. Psalm 2111, though they plot evil against you and devise wicked schemes, they cannot succeed. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you will prevail. No weapon formed against you will prevail. The enemy does have weapons. His intent is to harm. But it doesn't prevail in our lives. He doesn't prevail. I will walk untouched by trouble. Proverbs 19.23 The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content untouched by trouble. That's what we need to speak. That's what we need to speak. I walk in the midst of trouble, but I'm untouched. I'm untouched. I'm not in fear. I'm not anxious about anything. The Lord is my portion. The NLT there says, the Lord is my inheritance. Think about that. Now you should be a little bit confused about what portion meant. It's your inheritance. It's who he is to you. It's who you are in him. It's what belongs to you. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace. Perfect peace. Perfect peace. See, we can have the perfect peace of God because we know the love of God toward us. We can rest in that and we can have perfect peace. But how do we really understand the love of God for us? We get his revelatory word. We get his revelatory word. You will keep in perfect peace, not fear. That's not fear. Perfect peace. To me, that's fear eradicated. That's what that means. In perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast. Where is your mind going to be steadfast? My mind is going to be resting in the, in the Lord. My mind is going to be resting in peace. My mind is going to be meditating on his promises. My mind is going to be meditating on the fact that he is a covenant God that never leaves me or forsakes me, that he is my refuge, that he is my strength, that he is my strong tower that I can run into. When storms prevail, he is my shelter. I remember that vision. That just came to my spirit. That Linda had. In this church, there was a, a, a storm around. And there were windows. And, you know, we were just in there just looking at it. Amen. Unaffected. Amen. Do you remember that, Linda? You see? Living in a... You know, there's a glass world around us, and we're just inside. We can see that happening. 
but it has no place in us. Jesus said that the world had no place in him. The devil had no place in him. Fear has no place in me. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. Hallelujah. You see, this is how we have no fear, we only believe. We have no fear, we only believe. We meditate, we speak, we believe his word. Mark 5, 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken. You see, even Jesus paid attention to the words that others speak. Pay attention to what people are speaking around you. Don't agree with it. Even if it's a little teeny bit off. Don't agree. Don't say, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. See, what was happening here is Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, had come to Jesus because his daughter was on the verge of death. His daughter was ill, and he wanted Jesus to go. And he got interrupted. He got interrupted with someone else who had a need. If I were Jairus, I would be going there, Go away, go away, go away. This is my time. This is my time with Jesus. See, we don't have to get in fear like that. You can't interrupt. The power of the Holy Spirit is for you. What a ministry of the strength of Jairus when someone else had a need and he allowed that need to be ministered to by our Christ. have such a me-me mentality. You don't need to have a me, 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 me mentality. God knows what you need before you even speak it. His word actually says he will give you the answer before you speak. So anyway, back to Jairus. So then in the meantime, the servant came, or whatever he was called, and he said, oh, forget about it. Your daughter died. Too late. It's over. You should have done things differently, I guess. Should have gotten there sooner. You th should have thrown a temper tantrum and pushed that lady down. Get out of the way. And what did Jesus say? So then the people said, you know, they're saying, or he's saying, forget about it, forget about it. Your daughter's dead. Dead, dead. Done, gone, dead. And what did Jesus do? He said he heard the word they spoke. He heard that word. And he's like, uh-uh. Not in the midst of the living Lord. Not in the midst of the living Lord. Not not on my territory. Not on my territory. 
As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith to the ruler of the synagogue, be not, be not afraid, only believe. Be not afraid, only believe. Now this applies to a virus or what else is going on in your life and you are tempted to be concerned, to take it up, to be anxious. Be not afraid, saints. Be strong and very courageous. Know that I am the Lord your God. Be not afraid, only believe. When people are around you speaking death, doom, destruction, depression, opposition, discouragement, don't adopt it. I take crop failure on that. I will not lose a harvest in my life. We can believe, we can have faith in his protective covenant, in his protection for us, in his love for us, in his mercy. We are engraved in the palm of his hand. The scripture tells you, you are engraved in the palm of his hand. You think he's going to forget you? He can't. <laughs> but you see, this is all, it's really all up to us. It's really all up to us. It's are we going to adopt faith or are we going to adopt fear? You, you, know, you know what statement really, really makes me very, 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 very irritated? Don't worry, God's in control. No. You need to pray. You need to believe. I need to pray. I need to believe. I can walk away from every promise of God. That is a choice of our free will. Don't blame it on God and say, well, he was in control. You know, you say that to people and you discourage their faith. That is a really discouraging thing to a non-believer especially. Watch your mouth. Go get some soap if you ever say that. Because what's a believer thinking? A believer doesn't know the promises of God, necessarily. A non-believer, excuse me. And you're like, God's in control. Well, what if a bunch of death and destruction has just happened in their lives? I believe so, therefore I speak. Be careful. Be very careful what you say. Faith tells me. What does faith tell us, saints? Faith tells us to believe in what the blood of Jesus has accomplished. Faith tells us to believe in what the blood of Jesus has, has, hath accomplished. Already done. I am a child of his righteousness, right? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He bore my stripes. He bore, he bore stripes for me. 
He bore those stripes for a reason. And it was not to no avail. He bore those stripes. He went to the cross of his own free will, knowing the will of the Father, fully knowing the will of the Father. That's another statement that really, 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 really bothers me. When something bad happens, especially, oh well, that was the will of God. No, no it wasn't. Just because something bad happens, it, you know what I mean, and, and we can't explain it, it doesn't make it God's will. It doesn't make it God's will. We have a responsibility. And we don't want to speak that. We don't want to speak that to other people. When Jesus said, it is my will, he was healing, wasn't he? He was healing. We, we don't just take that statement and say, if it be God's will. No, he was healing at that moment. I want everybody to say this. The blood of Jesus is upon me. The blood of Jesus is upon my family. The blood of Jesus is upon my church family. The blood of Jesus is upon my property. My animals. All that concerns me. I receive all that the blood of Jesus has accomplished. I draw a bloodline blood around me and my family. Me and my, family. my family and me. Should be. <laughs> the Lord is my inheritance, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Lamentations 3.24. I rest in him. I trust in him. I believe in him. His inheritance, the inheritance that the blood purchased for me belongs to me, and I will not take no for an answer. I will not agree with fear. I will not agree with the devil. I will not agree with the single scheme that he brings to terrorize me or my family. And when someone in my family or my church family is weak, I will stand up. And I will be strong and courageous, and I will edify them in the word. And I won't turn the other way, even if it means correction. Loving, loving admonishment in the Word. It is well with me. Say, it is well with me. It is well with me. Psalm 46. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. See, we're not in trouble. The world might be in trouble. The world might be seeing trouble. But our ever-present help 
comes from the Lord and protects us from trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall. Now think about this picture. Think about this picture. God's bigger than all of this when you choose not to walk in fear. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. His dwelling is with you. You dwell in His presence. You're a believer. You're a born-again child of the living God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And that is where you walk. In the presence of a holy, mighty God. Nothing has ever defeated him. Nothing will ever defeat him. God is within here. God is within you. If you are a born-again believer, God is within you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you and brings to life your mortal bodies. God is within her. She will not fall. We will not. We will not fall to any pandemic of fear. That's the only pandemic. That's the only pandemic. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. Not my kingdom. Not the kingdom of God. As it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. So here be it. So here be it. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. You confess. This is a time when my God is going to show himself strong. This is a time when my God will advance. This is a time when I am a soldier in his army bringing advancement of the kingdom of God unto a nation in fear, unto a world in fear. I will be the voice of reason. I will be the voice of spiritual authority. And this applies to everything in your life, saints. He lifts his voice. How do you lift his voice? How do you, how do you help the Lord lift his voice on this earth? Because yours what is you, you, you are what he has. You are what he has. How are you?
are you going to help him lift his voice? I will speak the word and the word only. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. A fortress around you, saints. Come and see what the Lord has done. Oh, they sang that song this morning, and I didn't even think about that till right now. Isn't that awesome? Think about what the Lord has done for you. Bolster yourself. Lift yourselves up into that existence of faith. That platform of faith. The platform of believing in the Lord your God. He never changes. His word is true. It never returns void. It always accomplishes that which he intended it to accomplish. I will believe and I will say that the Lord is good. And I will see his salvation and protection in my life and in the lives of my family and my church. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth, not on his saints. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear of the enemy. I added that, okay? I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm making it really clear. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. The devil is defenseless. He has no shield against a blood-purchased saint who chooses to walk in the faith of the Word of God. If I could repeat that, I would. He says, this is God. He says, be still. Be still. Added, you demonic scheme, you demonic, no good nothing, little imp of a thing. Be still fear. He says, be still. And you know that I'm God here. I'm God here. I'm God here for every believer, not just for believers. It is his heart that all should come to the knowledge of God and, that, and none should perish. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see, saints, as I said before, the only pandemic here is a pandemic of fear. If you really looked at the statistics, there's, no, there's really no reason for fear. It's a demonic attack. It's a demonic scheme.
the statistics absolutely do not support the fear. I'm talking about any virus at this particular point in the message. But. And it's just a choice that people are making. It's a choice and a lie. It's a choice and a lie. And particularly, as believers, the spirit of fear has no authority in you or over you, or it ha- and it has absolutely no place in your life. No place. No place in your life at all. But it's your job to destroy it. It's your job to eradicate it by meditating and speaking the word over you, over your life, over your loved ones. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. 1 John 4, 17. 1 John 4, 17. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind. What is a sound mind? A sound mind is governed, a mind that is governed by the word. It's a mind that is governed by the word. It is time to not lose our mind, saints. But it is. But especially don't lose the spirit of faith. Use the word to renew our mind. We renew our minds to the promise of God, the vision of God, the revelation of God. Second Corinthians 10:5. We demolish arguments. That's all fear is. Fear is an argument against God. Amen. Fear is an argument against God against the word of God. It's an argument. It's not a winning argument. And every pretension, pretension, falsehood, falsehood. This is our job. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? We have a great example of the knowledge of God, the living Christ that walked in the world, the Holy Spirit now. Christ is the Word made flesh. Every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive. You, I, take it captive, and we pitch it out. And I just want to say a word here. If there are even things like habits in your life, okay, first of all, excuse me, you know what? Don't ever use that word like I just did. That was... (laughs) Don't tell yourself you have a habit. Unless it's a good one, according to the word. That would be a good habit. But what I was referring to was a habit, something that you feel that has a control over you that you cannot resist, a temptation that you know is against the word of God. 
See, don't, don't confess that over yourself. Don't say, I have it. Say, I'm delivered. My God is a delivering God. You see? So whatever the negative is, we get in the word and we see the Christ example and we say, that's me. We see the Christ example and we say, that's me. Those chains are broken. Those habits are broken. You see? They don't have control over you because you are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Is that making sense to y'all? That was kind of a side. I really wasn't intending to talk about that, but maybe somebody here needed that. I don't know. I trust somebody did. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, the revelatory word, his vision, his promise, his covenant, his healing, his protection. Psalm 27, 13. I remain confident of this. Confident, bold, and stout-hearted. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Here and now, right now, here today, in my life. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. KJV said, I had fainted. Or in other words, I would have fainted unless. Unless I had believed. Why do people faint? Because they're not believing in the goodness of God. They're not believing in the promises of God. They're not believe not you, not RCC people. You see? So you see, you're going to be a balm in Gilead. You're going to be a balm in Gilead, pouring over the heads of those who are having a hard time believing. You'll be life in a dry and weary world. You'll be strength to the weak. You will be healing. You'll be a salve. You will advance. You will advance with the blessing of God in troubling times. I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. He shall strengthen thine heart. It's not of you in our weakness. He is our strength. He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And now, I'm going to do something a little unusual. There is a person, I'm probably not going to name him, I don't know, I'll see. There's a person who is truly a prophetic voice, 
And I never put stock in man. You must, you must never put stock in man when it comes to spiritual matters. Don't live on somebody else's spiritual efforts. You go to the Lord yourself. But a prophet can confirm the word and the principles of God's word. And so anyway, this is a particular prophecy that this person had back over like six or eight weeks ago. Listen to me, those who dwell upon this planet and those of you who dwell in the United States, for there is a fear that has gripped and panicked. And by the way, I found this after that. Okay? So it's a confirmation. For there is a fear that has gripped and panicked regarding the coronavirus. Yet, yet, listen to the words that I, your Father, speak to you this moment says the living God. Why do you fear, United States? For I have spoken to you before, and I speak to you again, that I have extended and have opened a window of mercy. A window of mercy. The goodness of God in the land of the living. a window of mercy to this nation at this time. You see, he will honor those who honor him. Amen. He is faithful to the faithful. Yeah. All this is word. You can listen to it and pick up word in everything that's said. A window of mercy to this nation at this time. Therefore, the virus that they speak, didn't Jesus say, listen to, he was listening to the words that they spoke. The words that they speak, the prognostication, the diagnosis, the fear, my mercy is the quarantine. You are quarantined in the mercy and the loving faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. My mercy is the quarantine that shall be greater than what they have spoken to you. But you have a job, you can't receive those words. Right? I'm not going to go back over my whole message. It shall be greater than what they have spoken to you, United States. I am honoring covenant of your forefathers who stood before me and knelt and prayed and wept upon your shoulders. Thank you, God. Your mercy extends from generation to generation to generation. Claim that for your children. 
the sands of your beaches, the very rocks that this nation was founded upon. And because of the administration that stands in this land who honor me, notice that there is prayer, spirit-filled prayer. in our nation, in our nation's capital. Who honor me? Who honor the covenants of your forefathers and of the Constitution. And because they have aligned themselves with Israel and because they have sided on the right side of life, life in the womb, life given outside the womb, therefore I give life to this nation. And I give mercy. I give mercy. Do not fear this virus, says the Spirit of God as I did with the bird flu, and I cut off its wings. And as I cast the swine flu from your seas, and I stomped out SARS, I shall smack my covenant hands together, and I shall break the influence and the power from touching this nation in the way that they have said. Therefore, Fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock. Can you, can, you, can, you, can you hear the tenderness of God? Fear not, little flock, United States. Because of the prayers of the righteous, I stand. I stand upon your land at this time. Now I speak to you, says the Lord. Pray through for your brethren. Pray for your sisters in other nations. For there is a sting that shall grip them and bite them. It is your prayers. Your prayers. And what you speak. upon this land that the Lord is good that my mercy endures forever it is what I will honor but it will be your word that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever that I will extend it even to the nations that are goat nations even to the nations that are goat nations who have not aligned themselves with their covenant God, and I will extend mercy, but I need my people's voice. Your voice in alignment with the word of God affects the world. Do not Diminish the power that you speak, whether it's for the word or against the word. 
but I need my people's voice that other nations would not suffer the consequence of what the enemy has sought to steal, kill, and destroy at this time, says the Spirit of God. Do you believe that's a good word? Yes. Do you believe that's a word-inspired word? Yes. I believe it is. So you see, we have a responsibility, saints. We must love the world as Christ loved us. We must be concerned to pray. So this week, I'm going to give you all a little bit of homework. This is your homework, what you've been instructed to do right here in this prophecy. And I want everyone, every day, <laughs> to read Psalm 91. I want you to read Psalm 91, and I don't want you just to read it. When the Spirit brings something up in your heart, speak it out over you, over your families, over this community out here. We can be protected, totally protected, if the saints will rise up and employ the Word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Washington, Missouri can be a haven. I believe that. An impenetrable haven. So get on your feet or get on your knees. Psalm 91. Over yourselves, over your family, over your church family, over your community, over this state, over this nation, over this world. That's your job. It's my job. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for trusting us. Thank you, Lord, that we're your ambassadors. Thank you, Lord, that you have confidence in us. Thank you, Lord, that you have given this word to these people because you believe in them to do your work. Hallelujah. So that's the word I had today, and we're going to take our we're going to take our tithes and offerings.